How are you feeling? We in the Fellowship of the Withered Hand are walking through Lent, journeying to the cross and the resurrection towards being changed from the inside, renovated in our hearts, as Dallas Willard writes. And we're learning now about the role that feelings play in our lives and our, and our uh, development. And they're terribly important and very deep and mysterious and yet simple. I was walking through a little liturgy for making coffee that I sometimes do with a three-year-old friend of mine. And when it got to the very end, there's a moment when I'm waiting for the coffee to come out of the machine, but it's not coming out yet. And so I will pretend like I'm extremely frustrated and I will cry and stomp my feet because I want my coffee now. And uh, this time, my little friend said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know what you need. And ran into his bedroom and then came back out with a bunch of popsicle sticks. Each one of them had a little round circle with a face that was taped to it and a little word that describes the emotion that that particular face expresses. This is what they had been learning in school. And he went through them one by one. Not that one, not that one, not that one. And then he said, yes, this is what you need. And he held up a little popsicle stick that had a very placid face and the word calm on it. I thought I was going to be teaching him about emotions, but it was clear to him that he was going to be teaching me. And yes, that's exactly what I needed in that moment of frustration and not having what I wanted. I needed calm, but how do I get it? Now, this brings us to a distinction that is incredibly important that I'm thrilled to be able to walk through together with anybody who's watching this today. It took me quite a while of puzzling to understand what Dallas meant by this. This is page 123, Renovation of the Heart, and I'm still not sure that I completely understand it, but so far as I do, it's been enormously valuable. Dallas, this section is headed feelings and their underlying conditions. And the distinction here is the distinction between a feeling and a condition. So here we go. Most of the conditions we commonly speak of as feelings, Dallas writes, are not really feelings at all, but the feeling tones or sensations that accompany these conditions are so powerful that the conditions themselves become identified with the associated sensations. This is true of love and hatred or contempt, for example, but also with hurry. Ever feel that? and peace, with self-esteem and discouragements, things on the positive and the negative side. I'll explain this distinction more in just a second. Dallas goes on. Now, there are some extremely serious dangers here. When we confuse the condition with the accompanying feeling, peace, for example, with the feeling of peacefulness, we very likely will try to manage the feelings and disregard or deny the reality of the conditions. That way lie such things as falling in love with love and most of the well-known addictions. The person who primarily wants the feeling of being loved 
or being in love will be incapable of sustaining loving relationships, whether with God or with other humans. And I'll pause for a moment now to try to illustrate this by a song that was very popular when I was a kid back in the 70s, and they wrote the greatest music pretty much in the history of the human race. This particular song, uh, hilariously enough, I actually heard cited not long ago, and I was listening to some old talk that Dallas had done, and it goes like this, feelings, whoa, 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 feelings, whoa, 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 feelings, again in my life. Feelings. Feelings like I never lost you. Feelings like I'll never have you again in my life. Teardrops rolling down on my face, trying to forget my feelings of love. Now, they don't write songs like that anymore. That's an expression of the depth of the human condition that you only find in writers like Shakespeare or Chaucer. But it illustrates in just an unforgettable way uh, the manner in which we get gripped by the power of feelings. It leaves us inarticulate. All we can say is feelings. Whoa, 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 feelings. And it does not give us clarity for life. Feelings can be very confusing, very unreliable, very contradictory. Uh, feelings like, uh, I never lost you. But if I never lost you, why are there teardrops rolling down my face? And then... Uh, uh, all my life, I'll feel it. And feelings are that way. When I have a deep feeling, it seems pervasive and permanent to me. I will never feel anything else. All my life, I'll feel it. No, you won't. It will change. Unless you practice and indulge the thoughts that can sustain that feeling on a permanent basis. And that's part of what feelings try to get us to do. Uh, it can be a very enjoyable thing, even with negative feelings sometimes, to wallow in them. And I know that feeling of self-pity in a very personal, very deep way. It's striking that there it was not a song that went thinking, whoa, 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 thinking, whoa, 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 thinking again in my life. Thinking by its nature, when we are truly devoted to it and not simply letting it run in a way to fuel whatever feeling we want to be immersed by, thinking has a way of searching for what is true and what is real. So a feeling then is a momentary state of being moved or being touched, an emotion that grips us. A condition, on the other hand, is an overall orientation for life. It is preparation of mind, spirit, body, will to respond in a certain way. We'll talk about a person even physically being in good condition or in bad condition. So Mother Teresa lived in the condition of being a loving person. Her perceptions and habits and behaviors were wired so that when she saw someone who was hurting, she recognized there is Jesus in his distressing disguise. Or a courageous person, Winston Churchill, uh, when he has to battle Adolf Hitler, just uh, reflexively summons up this indomitable spirit. Let us each do our duty so that the British Empire should last a thousand years. They will look back on you and me and say, this was their finest hour. Okay? So a condition is a pervasive orientation that we grow into. Feeling is a temporary state of emotion. Now Dallas goes on. The person who wants the feeling of peacefulness will be unable to do the things that make for peace, especially doing what is right and confronting evil. So as far as our planning for spiritual formation is concerned, 
We must choose and act with regard to the condition, good or bad. I want to move towards the condition of being a loving person, being a person of peace, and allow the feelings to take care of themselves as they certainly will. In particular, we must never directly cherish, protect, or manipulate feelings, whether in ourselves or others. And he says the only exception to this is if a feeling becomes so destructive that it leads to something like suicidal thoughts, then very possibly uh, something possibly even involving medication or therapy might be needed. But as a general rule, we want to aim at the condition. Now, how do we do this? Because the irony is uh, when you think about the condition in this way, in order to feel what you want to feel, you must be willing to feel what you don't want to feel. But if I idolize the feeling, then, for example, if I'm feeling anxious, I will take a drink or I will spend money if that's what I do, or I will look at porn or I will gossip about somebody else to reinforce my own sense of superiority. I will manipulate my feelings in the moment, but then I become that much more captive to anxiety in the long run. As opposed to saying to that anxiety when it comes, welcome, Wilma. Uh, when, when all these cares and anxieties come into your life, present them to God with prayer and supplication. And then the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. I was talking to a good friend, Rankin Wilburn, uh, quite recently, and he was mentioning reading John Gottman, wonderfully wise counselor. And uh, Gottman says that when it comes to our emotions, uh, when we think about being friends or being parents, we can, with other people, try to teach them to dismiss their emotions um, or uh, to disapprove of their emotions. You shouldn't feel that way. Or take a laissez-faire attitude. Parents do that sometimes just to not even pay any attention. Or to become an emotional coach to help you observe and welcome and name your emotion as you are moving towards the condition of becoming uh, a person of love and joy and peace. See, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and so on, are primarily not emotions. They are primarily conditions to be a loving person and a joyful person and a peaceful person. So the invitation today is, today, I will, I invite you to invite the Holy Spirit to be my emotional coach. God, you dwell inside me. Will you help me to know what am I feeling right now as I am with this person, as I am on my own? Where am I anxious? Where am I consumed by greed? Where am I preoccupied with myself? Where am I irritable? God, would you help me to notice it and take it seriously and move in the direction of the condition of love and joy and peace? And if you need it right now, you can just ask him for a little of this because Jesus is the great non-anxious presence in an anxious world. That's the condition that we're moving towards. See you next time. Thanks for joining us. There are emails that go along with each episode. And if you'd like to receive those, you can go to becomenew.me slash subscribe. And there you can also sign up to receive daily text alerts. We'll see you next time.